if you're not a fan of the Celtics, then this is not the right podcast for you. This is Green Team for the Win with your host, Mike Ouellette, and my co-host, Jack Sapino. Two friends who met in college and huge fans of the Celtics who recap every single game, talk about those off-season moves, the changes to the lineup, all of that here on Green Team for the Win. This is Green Team for the Win. And I'm Michael Ouellette. I am the host, and I made this podcast. It's about Celtics and just, I love the Celtics personally, and that's why I made it. I'm being honest. I love watching basketball, but the Celtics are my favorite team. I could talk about them all day. And my co-host next to me, man, worse than me. He's a green teamer, if anything. Jack, how are we doing today? Oh, we're doing great. I mean, it's, it's awesome to talk about the Celtics. Wish we were talking about the Celtics during playoff time, but uh, that was short notice. And uh, I'm ready. You know, I'm ready to talk about the Celtics and what they need to improve and what's next. Exactly. What is next? And man, right after, we're just going to get right into it. Right, right into it. After they make these moves, it's like when, if I compare it to another sport, it's like when the Bruins lost like eight to one to the Capitals and they traded for Taylor Hall when the Celtics got killed immediately. All you see is Danny Ainge gone, gone. And then Brad Stevens out of everybody moves up to GM. Now, honestly, we, I saw this article by Chris Forsberg. He works for NBC Boston, does the pregame for the Celtics, does the postgame for the Celtics. He does it all great person to follow on NBC Sports Boston and man it's just it's crazy it's crazy what happened with Brad Stevens right yeah no I think it goes back to the fact that how well he did overall this season and last season and it honestly looked like it was set up two months before you know playoffs was going on that Brad Stevens wasn't going to have a job because it looked that way as soon as Danny Ainge kind of said, we've been talking about it for two months in the interview. Then you start to look at, well, what is that going to be? And how is that, how is that going to play out? Honestly, when you look at Brad Stevens and overall career, um, yes, he's had a great career with the Celtics, but Danny Ainge, when he retired, he knew Brad Stevens was taking his spot. He knew Brad Stevens wanted to be that guy that would take his spot and this opportunity to a new job. I do think, based on kind of how it all unfolded, that Brad Stevens was going to get fired if Danny Ainge did not set down. You know, I could totally see that. I just, the way he managed the players this year, it didn't seem like he got through to them at all. Like, you'd see Tatum, you'd see Brown, you'd see Smart, just put up shots that just didn't make any sense. Like, when something was working the entire game and they just change it. And there's no way that was him. Cause he's too good of a coach, too good of a coach to tell them to do that. Well, it's he's too fact, good of a coach. It's the fact that the players, it just did not get through to them. I don't know if it's because they're too young. Tatum is an up and coming superstar, but he still is young. Yeah. And I think that goes back to kind of how Brad Stevens works around the players. Uh, it's an issue because he's a defensive coach. So offense may not be his best strength but for the Celtics and the organization that needs to be stronger Um, when you bring in a defensive coach you expect him to do 
a good job on defense. And this year is just a mess, leaving guys open, allowing other guys and other players from other teams to hit shots. And you have to go back to the idea of who is this guy? What is his skill? And you have to do that job. And I think that Brad Stevens is a great coach, but he's not a coach for the Celtics. So who is? That's, That's the, the question. Who is the next man to step up? We'll talk about that in just a little bit. We have to talk about the Brad Stevens role, the retirement, everything that went into it. Was that surprising to you with Danny Ainge? Uh, yeah, it was surprising because it was right after the last game. And I think that a lot of people were wondering that night what was going to happen. And it really came forth the next day. So it was very interesting how the news broke out as soon as that really happened. Um, and I think for myself, it was shocking because I wanted Brad Stevens to be fired the way he did this year. Um and then gets promoted. So it's such a weird situation where you want someone to be fired and then they get promoted. But he still, I never really wanted him to be fired and leave the Celtics. I wanted him to be fired and still be with the organization. Um, he's not a good coach for the team, but he's a good, he's a good, what's the word? He's a good, like, he's a good coach player. I don't even know how to explain it. It's like, it's a good piece. He's a, good he's, he's a good piece. Yes. He's a good piece to the Celtics organization. Identity. Yeah, that's, that's huge. That's huge. Brad Stevens is, has the exact Celtics identity that they want. And that's why they promoted him. It was kind of, I think what really surprised me is how fast it was. Like it was like you, you lose and then boom, boom, bang. Like it's just mm. like, it was out of nowhere. And it was, it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. And Brad, I want to see how he does. I want to see if he makes the trades that Danny never could. Danny passed on so many opportunities because he just didn't, he always wanted to absolutely overweigh what the other team is getting. He did it with the Kevin Garnett trade and Paul Pierce trade. He did it when he got when he got Ray Allen, he's we signed him. But he did many different trades that when he accepted them, he knew he was getting like better than the other team. And he never accepted it when it came to him not getting the better. Yeah, that's the that biggest thing. No, it does. It definitely makes sense. And the biggest thing you go back to is Danny Ainge brought Kyrie Irving to the Boston Celtics. And you know how that went. We all know how that went. And now he's on the Brooklyn team you know, playing for them and he's playing excellent, but it wasn't a good fit. And I think that Danny Ainge realized that as soon as he saw kind of uh, Kyrie's egotistical maniac, in my opinion. But honestly, it goes back to the idea that Danny Ainge picked these guys. Like he brought in Jeff Teague and Jeff Teague didn't do well. I'm not comparing Kyrie Irving at all to Jeff Teague, but Jeff Teague is a great player. Not a great player for the Celtics. He's on the box now, and that's huge for him, I think. But I don't know what Danny Ainge's decisions are because you have to really look at, I think, from a coaching perspective. I'm not a coach, but just from a fan's perspective as well. You have to look at what is your missing piece? What is your issue? What is the problem on the court? 
And honestly, this year it was a lot of chemistry and a lot of lack of offensive possessions. Three-point shots, if that's what the NBA is trying to make these superstars into, then they need a player on the Celtics who can make three-point shots a good amount of the time. I would say a guy like Bradley Beal, we can get into that. But in general, you need to look at that missing piece and that missing opportunity that you could bring in. you got to bring in a rebounder. You have to bring in a guy who is going to play defense constantly but also be a big. No, I completely agree with you. That's an excellent point. It's just he need he had a problem of not getting the right pieces ever since he got rid of Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. He just could not do anything. Everything he brought in just did not work. And I remember all the Celtics fans reacting when Kyrie came here. They were like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing he's done in a while. That was me, yeah. And then it's just it just didn't turn out that way. Mm-hmm. He, I just have a feeling like he – he didn't look really into that trade. He didn't truly look no. into who he was getting. He just saw that he was getting more than what he was giving up. And yeah. He didn't really look into Kyrie like as a person. I think also Danny Ainge gets looked at as a bad, you know, I would say GM because of what he did with the Kyrie trade, but you have to go back. When we were younger, believe it or not, when it was 2008, when he brought the big three to Boston, you know, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Ray Allen, really. And that was the big three that Danny Ainge brought in. After that, he started to make these silly decisions that allowed him to just be looked at as bad. But overall, as a GM, he did a great job. And you have to acknowledge that from the beginning and to the end. Towards the end, it was a little bit rougher because he needed to really think about what is going to be better for this team. And honestly, I don't think he did. I honestly thought about, well, this he didn't really think about it at all. I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, you have a guy like Miles Turner who has an opportunity to come to the Boston Celtics and you don't grab him. You have an opportunity to grab a big and you grab a guy like Thompson. And I was a fan of Thompson when he was going to come here. But then I realized, yeah, we need someone a little bit younger, a little bit who's in their prime a little bit more. Um, And you know what? Maybe Steven Adams is not in his prime that much, but he's a better rebounder than Thompson. You need a guy who's a rebounder and a defensive player as a big in the center. And I think that should have been the first thing they did Uh, coming into this season and they just didn't do that I mean Robert Williams great great potential has a lot to learn you need a guy that knows it right away and if you're going to be on this team I mean this Celtics team and even Boston fans in general if you can't win get out and that's just the mentality of everyone and that's just you know jerks in Boston and I gotta be honest with you it's like You're expecting them to win every single year, I think, if you're a Celtics fan. And that's because we're spoiled because of 2008, correct. But you also have to find a way that there is a missing piece, like I go back to. We couldn't rebound, so that was our struggle through a lot 
of this year and last year, a little bit better this year, actually, but more last year was a struggle of the rebound game in a big. So don't you think going into the next season, you need to get a big and get a better center? Well, let's use Robert Williams, but he's not well-developed and also injured to perform at the high elite level that the Celtics organization needs on the court. No, I was going to, I was going to add to that. It's, you know, the team, it's just, I feel like they need more experience. It's just too young. It's way too young. Tatum is good. Brown is good. They're going to become superstars. Tatum is probably already a superstar. In my opinion, he's had many 50 point games, 40 point games. I consider that a superstar, not LeBron, but a superstar at least. Right. But who is the leader of the Celtics? And that's the biggest thing that is a question through all Celtics fans. And I mean, a lot of people are questioning, is Jalen Brown the leader? Is Tatum the leader? And that is the biggest thing. They brought in Kemba to be a lead by example player, right? But who's the leader? Who's the guy that's going to lead the team like Paul Pierce did in 2008? And, I'm, and I know I'm bringing history back as much as I should, but it's important because this is an organization that resolves around, revolves around a leader and revolves around a guy who's going to help this team. Tatum can do that, but he cannot do it alone. And he is uh, by himself playing this game of basketball. In this team, there is no doubt in my mind that there is no chemistry right now working with this team. You can't have guys leave guys open. You can't have, it's just, there's no passion. And it sucks to say that because of the fight that the Celtics mentality has. There's just no passion in this game right now for the Celtics basketball. And it goes back from last year playoffs, goes back from this year playoffs. You can't allow, and this goes back also to the head coach, you can't allow these guys to just leave people open, players open. And you can't allow guys to just continue to take threes. And I, and I can even talk about Tatum taking these threes and making them, but not making them. He's a ball hawk. He needs to pass around the ball a little bit more. The Celtics team is not up there for assists. And I think they need to be in order to win these games. And in order to drive into the paint, you need to make those passes. No, I agree with you because last year and the year before that and the year before that, like they were just, they were always top dog with passing. And this year, just ever since like last playoffs, it just seems like they just don't pass. Like they pass, but they just, they feel like they have to shoot. And I don't feel like that they have to feel like that. You got good amount of talent. You got young talent, but I think they need more experience. They need other guys to show them. Kemba's a good example. I want to keep him. I, I feel like he'll do better next year. He had an off year. Everybody had an off year, and I understand that completely. He also got a shot to the knee. Like, he has an excuse Yeah. for this year. If he does the same thing next year, then yes, I feel like it's time. But I want to give him one more year, and I say we get some more experience. Steven Adams is a great example. Mm-hmm. Been a bunch of free agents this year, and that's probably going to be talked about next episode, but – 
there is so many free agents that they can choose from and they need experience. I feel like the team is too young. Personally, I feel like the team is too young. And to go back to your point on, you know, how they play defense in general, yes, they left a lot of people open. It just seemed like sometimes they were just careless to play defense. In that Brooklyn Nets series, the one game they looked like they wanted to win was the game they won. And yes, that does sound kind of biased. But if you look at every single other game, game one, they blew it. They had the lead the entire game and then just blew it in the end. Game two, same thing. They just got absolutely killed. Game three, they won. Game four, just what Kyrie did, I have to admit, everybody hates Kyrie. But what he did was smart. He got them distracted. That was his plan. He got all Celtics fans and just he did what he needed to do to get the attention off of him. And it distracted the Celtics completely. You hear them. They can't say one bad thing about the guy. They're full on cuddling him. Even after, even after what he did, they're still cuddling him. It just shows. This is what I want to know. What gets the Celtics mad? Because I don't get how somebody stepping on another team's logo doesn't get you mad. Your logo that Tatum, Brown, and Marcus Smart have played for their whole career that they've had so far. And that doesn't get you mad that somebody did that? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is you have outsiders come in and talk about it. You have, um, you know, 98.5 Max talking about it. You have uh, KG talking about it. Kendrick Perkins talking about it. But you don't have Brad Stevens talking about it. You have him talk about it for a little bit, but it's not something that made any player upset or anything. It was honestly a thing that happened that night and it went away. It went away the next day. And that's so crazy to me because you look at how much that logo means to the Boston Celtics, how much praise the Celtics are given and all of that, all that goes into that, the passion, the, the excitement that, you know, when you're there at the game, but just in general, they didn't give anything about you're absolutely right. They didn't give anything about what Kyrie did that day. You know, it was just kind of like, Oh yeah, whatever. And that's Brad Stevens standpoint, not, not KG, not Kendrick Perkins, none of that. Um, they didn't think it was as necessary as the water bottle being thrown, which I believe, if I may say this, the water bottle was thrown, which it shouldn't have been. The water bottle was thrown because Kyrie provoked the fans to get mad that he just stomped on the logo. And, you know, Kyrie, yeah, got away with this, but he is not ever going to be liked at all in Boston ever again um, from the, what he did in the playoffs to leaving us saying he wanted to play another year, just all this stuff. And then does that. And then it goes into a situation of, well, you know, fans shouldn't be throwing stuff, which they should not be. I completely agree with that. But the players provoke these decisions and they get mad about it. And I might be talking on a controversial subject, but it's important to realize that 
the players are people too. So by stepping on a logo in Boston, where the city of champions live, you know, go back from history with the Celtics, and to do that is so disrespectful. I would have had the person who threw the water bottle tweet about it, then <laughs> throw something, which is oh, yeah. unaccept- unacceptable. It's unacceptable. It really is. But Kyrie provokes that stuff. The media and everything about it, they're listening. He says one thing, they take another thing, and it just blows up. And that is a big situation in the NBA that needs to be kind of talked about in a way because it's starting to be this idea of the player is almost treated like an animal, which is completely wrong in so many levels. But the player is provoking that behavior by saying something on social media. And it can go around in a circle in many different ways. It can. It it's, just, a, it's a tough subject. It really is. It's, it's a re- tough subject, but I was listening to this on Zolak and Bertrand the other day when I was you know, driving to Curry, where, where we go to, where Jack graduated and I still go. Peace out. <laughs> but I was listening to this on Zolak and Bertrand. Them not saying anything and them cuddling Kyrie showed people exactly who the Celtics are. And people are pissed about it. People are yeah. absolutely mad because they just, they, it just seemed like they did not care that it happened. And as a Celtics fan, that hurt me internally. And it showed me, it gave me a, it showed me a perspective of who the Celtics really are. Like, listen, people are going to say like, oh, ignore all the noise. You can't ignore that. You, you just can't. You got to say something like Tatum, you're the captain. You're basically the captain and you didn't say anything. Not one thing about it. You just put your head down and was like, okay, I'm playing the game. Focus on the game. That's true, but you're not going to motivate the fans and say, we're not going to let them do that or something like that. They didn't give any of that. And honestly, if this is how it's going to be, when Kyrie comes every single time, we might as well not expect anything anytime soon from this team. I'm st- like, I'm serious. It's that bad. Well, I think that it's, it's just – it's such a tough situation because – Kyrie is such a bad guy in Boston right now. He's a villain. He is. Um, I don't know about more than LeBron James, but he's starting to be that guy that's hated more than LeBron James. Starting to be that guy. I mean, it makes sense they both played on the same team. But going back to the idea that he is a villain, he wants that power. And that's the biggest thing is he wants the power – He wants the camaraderie. He wants all of it. He does, you know? And I think that the Celtics honestly led into giving him that because they just want to play the sport of basketball. But now this whole sport of basketball is pretty much going into a social atmosphere 
of being able to express your opinion more and more and more through social media, through, you know, interviews and all that. And, you know, that was back then they could do that, but more than ever, it's 24 seven tweets, posts, whatever you want to say, likes, pictures. And that's the biggest thing that I think that the NBA needs to kind of almost put this, not restriction, but this idea of not allowing players to behave like that. But because they're the superstar, because they're looked at, you know, they don't care because it's about the money. And that's the hardest thing about these organizations, these sports organizations, because you look at these individual players as people, whatever, but they're doing things that is just not okay. The behavior is not okay. And it doesn't matter because they're getting the money and they're getting paid. And that's very difficult for me to talk about because it's just, I just want it to be about the game of basketball. And it's just so much this idea of, and it's not even just like poking and prodding. It's this idea of you're offending a city and you don't realize that. And maybe there are assholes everywhere, but you're offending a city. That does not give you the right to offend this city. Of the Boston Celtics. No, it doesn't. And you're right about the NBA. It just seems like they they don't care that this stuff happens. They're just they 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 like it. It gives them, like you said, money. It does. But at the same time, the Celtics gotta grow up and realize that this is basketball now. Like I'm sorry, but it is. The, Nobody wanted it to lead to this, but media, it's just, it's influenced everything. And this is with all sports. It's not just with basketball. Basketball is just the worst one with it. It, It's just, it's all about the media now. And what Kyrie did, like I said before, it was smart. He got all the media off of him and he retracted the Celtics and the Celtics didn't respond. And that's why they're in the position that they are in now. Yeah, and you go back to the idea of Brad Stevens in the GM position, you're going to see a lot of different changes. You're going to be to see a lot of pieces from the management moving around that should be moved around um, from the way they played this year. It should be a different management group. There should be players that are on the team that are not on the team. There's going to be a lot of decisions that the Celtics need to make in order to be that championship team. And as fans, honestly, I'm sure everyone is very happy about the Los Angeles Lakers not moving forward in the playoffs due to the fact that we are tied with them right now. As a fan, I'm saying that, yes. But but honestly, it goes back to that management thing, and I think that's the biggest thing that the organization needs to figure out you got to figure out what trades you're going to make, what's going to benefit your team. I don't know what they've been doing, but it hasn't been helping them. You know, when they made a decision to bring up Tatum, it was a great idea. But now let's surround Tatum with the players, other players from different leagues, um, other teams, other players from other teams, 
And to find a way to bring this Celtics team back to where it was. Um, currently, right now, they are talking about Jerome Allen looking to an assistant coach with the Trailblazers. That is huge and a huge loss for the Celtics. A guy who brings the happiness, excitement, creativity, fun to the Celtics. And honestly, was the guy who really had the chemistry, honestly, in the management more, I feel as though, than Brad is now leaving. That's huge to replace. So if you have a coach who is leaving, assistant coach, head coach, it's really tough right now for the Celtics because you don't have a head coach. Your assistant coach may be leaving now. There's a lot of management issues that is going to work for the Celtics, I believe, in the future to come. And with Brad Stevens in the GM position, there's going to be better trades and better opportunity for the Celtics to make during the offseason and even throughout the season in general. If they're looking to get three-point shots off, they got to bring in a guy who's going to do it, and I believe that's Bradley Beal. I have nothing against Bradley Beal. It's the fact of I don't know how much he's going to ask for in money. Yeah, that's a big factor in that, definitely, with the money standpoint. But is it worth it? And I think it is. Um, I'm not against it. I just I want to look at all the options. I'm not just going to look at one guy. I want to look at all the options the Celtics have in this free agency. And they're, you know, it depends who we put with them. Because I don't want any more young guys. Like, I, I am always with, you know, drafting and all that. Like, it's awesome. But we need experience. We literally have – Tatum is getting experience as he goes. Kemba is the most experienced one on the team, in my opinion. That's without question. Yeah, and I think that's a little hard right now to kind of think about getting veteran players because I feel as though Danny Ainge wanted a future – he wanted new players and new players to learn. And I feel as though Brad might want the same thing. And that's a little hard because, yes, the future is great. But right now, you need guys that are going to teach these young guys. I mean, okay, who's the, who's the only guy that's a veteran player on the Celtics? It's Kemba. Well, yes, but – Yes, I, yes, it is Kemba, but I was looking for like a Marcus Smart. He's been on that team with the chemistry, right? Yeah. So that's the idea. You want someone who's been in the league the longest. Kemba's perfect. Kemba was injured this year a lot of the times. Along, along the season, it was just injury after injury. But when you look at who's the better fit for the Celtics, you have to look at who's going to bring the most, the most worth ethic to it, really, and play energy. basketball and energy. energy too. They need, energy. they need somebody to motivate them. And Tatum did show some signs, but he needs to show more. He needs to be a leader. They need a leader. They don't have an identity for a leader right now. No. Tatum has shown some signs, but they don't have that true leader. They don't yet. And maybe Tatum will change that next year. I hope he does because the self. You need a leader to win. You do. That's just how it works. 
With the Suns, it's Chris Paul. It's not Devin Booker. It's not DeAndre. And it's Chris Paul. And they needed him. And that's why they're doing so good right now. Yeah. I mean, you look at example. You perfect example. It's perfect. I mean, when you talk about Devin Booker and you talk about Chris Paul, you look at how well the two are playing. Okay. And then I think that a lot of people looked at Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. That's great. But Chris Paul is a veteran player. Jalen Brown and Tatum are not veteran players. Chris Paul is working with a young Devin Booker. He's been in the league for how many years? Two? Three? Two or three. Two or three. three, Give or take. He's working with him. Tatum and Brown are working together. They need a guy who we thought Kemba would be the person to do it, which he was. He was the guy to pass the ball around. But Kemba's the guy that needs to lead this team if he wants to stay in Boston. He's got to do it. The point guard usually, I feel as though, for the Boston Celtics is the leader of the team. Yeah, he's been in the league for six years, but he wasn't, you know, out as good as he is. Like in the last three, in the last three or four years, he's been he's had a name. The years before that, not really. But he's, but considering like when he actually had a name, yes, Devin Booker has been like a name flown around for about four years. Yeah, Booker. Going back to Booker, he's just made a name in this playoffs, and you you think that you would expect that from Tatum. But if you don't have that passion, you don't have that chemistry and that support. And honestly, it goes back to that support of the teammates. It's just not going to work. And I'm very happy with what they did to improve the bench. But you can't have a guy like Javari Parker coming off the bench. You just can't. He's a veteran player. He's an excellent rebounder. And he's a great shooter. Same with Fournier. He was a good person to come off the bench. And he made decisions. And he, when he started, he played really well. So that's the biggest thing, I think, for the Celtics, is that they need to figure out, and they couldn't figure out their starting lineup. They needed to figure out their starting lineup. You have players go down. You have to figure it out. Fournier played great. You had Parker playing great as well. Great rebounds. Robert Williams was injured majority of the time. Made some unbelievable blocks and rebounds. So you have to look at, Who's your bench players and who are your starters? And that was the issue for the Celtics. They never could figure out who was the better starter when a guy went down. There's plenty of things to talk about with the Celtics. And that's plenty. That's a huge one is that they couldn't figure out the lineups. It just, it seems like this year, the Celtics just went on a roller coaster. The entire year, they never found an identity. They didn't. At the beginning of the year was probably their biggest identity is when they actually had something going. And then just, I don't know what happened after the first, like, three weeks that was in the NBA. But after that, they just didn't look like themselves after they did the first three. Yeah, and you know what? That goes back to management. As much as people don't want to admit it, that goes back to management. You have to manage your team and manage the players on the court. You can't allow players to suck one night and suck again and then continue to suck and not sit their ass on the bench. You just can't. You have to allow players to find their groove. And if they're not finding their groove, they're on the bench, man. 
You have to figure that out. And Brad Stevens just couldn't. And he couldn't without injuries. And he said in an interview that with these injuries, we should, we still should have been able to figure this out. And you couldn't, Brad. Every time he is in an interview, and this is a lot about what we're talking about in this episode, is management, players management and coaching management. Every time Brad was in an interview, he said he either loved the team he was playing or he said, oh, you know, they're just a great team. You know, I, you know, we, we, we should have won that game or we should have done this. And then the next game, oh, yeah, well, you know, we'll, we'll look at the film and we'll see what we can do better. And then the next game, oh, yeah, we'll see. Brad, stop saying you're going to do something and do it. And that's the biggest thing about his aggressiveness. It's not there. He's too soft. He's not there. And it's just not right. We need a coach that's going to yell at these players when they're making super shots and when they're not playing good. I mean, you can't leave guys open like that. And that goes back to management. And that goes back to the idea of management and the players. A lot of what people are saying, um, just friends-wise, and people that I'm talking to about the Celtics is that it's not management, it's the players. Well, okay, but who coaches the players? Who looks at the players and looks at them and brings them to the team? The coach and the GM. And that has to be managed. You can't allow Marcus Smart to shoot as many threes as he does. It's just not okay. That You said it. <laughs> it's just with management, it just it didn't fit. Nothing fit. And I didn't even think about that. That's a great point. You never saw Brad scream at them. Never. Ever. Listen, I get the whole, you know, I'm going to be nice factor as being a coach, but you got to be that guy that says, hey, don't do that. Or else you're, you're at, or else, like you said, you're on the bench. Yeah. It's that, you know, I'm sorry, but it's that simple. Like you can't just, they're young guys. They don't have experience. They don't know what it feels like to be yelled at. I don't think Jason, no. I've never seen Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown get yelled at by him ever. I never saw them get yelled by him. Yell that by him at behind all behind the scenes. But even if you don't see it behind the scenes, you know, other media outlets and ESPN would talk about it, but there's just no yelling. The only person that's yelling is Marcus smart in the locker room, you know? And I think it goes back to even looking at the little pieces, not even just the big pieces of management. That's been an issue is that Brad Stevens in the third and fourth quarter does not use his timeouts. Well, at all. He's allowing these players to just continue to play and continue to do this and continue to do that. And he's not calling the timeouts when he needs to call the timeouts. And I don't know when that started to happen. I saw it a lot this year and a little bit last year, um, but more this year. I mean, he just doesn't use the timeouts correctly. And I think that's a coaching issue. I think that that's um, a big step for him moving to the NBA from colleges, you have to rely on those timeouts. You have to continue to find a way to rely on those timeouts. It's four quarters in the NBA. In college, it's two halves. So you have to figure that out. And that goes back to this idea of, well, he was a defensive coach, and he came from college, and he won them a champion. Okay, 
you're in the NBA. It's a whole different story, and it's a whole different ballgame, I think, especially with the media right now and the money and the revenue that they're bringing into the NBA because of these superstar players and powerful, I would say even almost like Smash Brothers superstar teams that are put together. You have to be able to play a different game of basketball in the NBA than college and coach too. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's really, you know, this episode, I feel like it was a good way to start this out because we got to talk about how we felt about last season as a whole. Like we're not really talking about, you know, the options yet. That's going to be next episode, Mm -hmm. but We'll talk about options. We'll talk about free agency in the next episode of Green Team for the win. Thank you, Jack, for being my co-host. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Anytime. I love talks about Celtics. Anytime. And I'm excited for the next episode. I mean, let's get this first one out. But, hey, you know, Celtics, we'll see what they do in the offseason. It's going to be a fun podcast to talk about. Well, all right. I can't wait for episode two. And we'll see you next week. Peace out, guys.